I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey everybody, welcome to Serious Issues, a sometimesly uh, comic book podcast. Yeah. We're, we're kind of monthly now, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, we had a, a moment where Basically we were not monthly. That. We were like eight weekly. Yeah. <laughs> we're back on the month vibe until you suddenly are over, overwhelmed by baby. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm quite overwhelmed by baby right now. Yeah, that's very true. Um, there's uh, a lot more of Siobhan than there was last episode, <laughs> Yeah, but it's yeah. not actually her. No, it's a... Uh, it's a parasite that I'm <laughs> I'm choosing to grow in my body. Uh, my name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan. And uh, every time we do an episode of Serious Issues, we talk about all the comics that we've ingested over the last mm, few uh, weeks. And uh, we go through all the DC books, the Marvel books, the Image books, and everything else from other publishers. Uh, every comic book we talk about on the show, we got, and you can get too, from King's Comics in Sydney. Which is 370 George? No. No. 402 George Street. 403 George Street. I would have got there. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. For a limited time. Yeah, there, there, there is a, an imminent again. move. Yeah. Who knows where to? No one. Parramatta? If that, only. that would be good for me. I genuinely have suggested that. Yeah, right. Um, Actually, when, when no. if they do make the decision, I do not want it to be tracked back to me. <laughs> Levens is the, is the reason we all have to travel half an hour to get our comics now. I mean, Phantom Zone closed down. It did. So there's obviously a very healthy yes. and supportive comic book market in, in Parramatta. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to find uh, these comics online, you can go to kingscomics.com. Uh, and uh, it's been, it was a man. I'm, I'm loving comics again. Yeah, I'm like just I am I am reading like a like a crazy person. Yeah, that's lately. some good shit. Right, um, lately. And we begin every episode by going through all the number ones, all the brand new um, introductions to new series that we read over the last month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this segment is called First Things First. Uh, first number one I want to talk about is Terry Moore's Five Years. Mm. Did you read this? I did. Thank goodness. Even though I haven't read Echo or Rachel Rising. So that is what I did over the last month. Nice. I read, so we've read, I've read All the Strangers in Paradise, and um, which is Same. Terry Moore's kind of like longest running. Oh, you're, under, you're up, up to date on that now? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, well done. All of Strangers in Paradise. How good, I love it. How man. good and how emotional do you get during some of it's those? It's just like, so good. Yeah. I just have so much respect for Terry Moore and like what he's managed to do kind of totally by himself like he owns all of his stuff he owns the publishing Mm. rights he owns everything and he's managed to create these really like rich intelligent worlds yeah so a little bit of background on terry moore he is a writer and cartoonist um he is most famous for his uh, first series strangers in paradise Mm -hmm. which started in the 90s and spans over 100 issues um and also 
kind of you 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 age with the characters in yep. real time. It's about uh, it's a it's a, a essentially a romance book yeah. um, that involves elements of like thriller and and, de- and deception and spies. spies. And it's it's a ton of fun and it constantly evolving over the years that it was published. Um, he stopped publishing it in I think it's the early two thousands for where he had a brief hiatus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. somewhat of a hiatus, and then he published a series called Echo, which is a, a science fiction series. Um, about uh, a government experiment gone wrong and a girl who who has armor growing from her body. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, that was like a 36-issue run. Um, mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, he did a horror book called Rachel Rising. About- Which Jim from King says is his best work. Uh, I think Strangers of Paradise for me, having now read them all, um, is is definitely like I think. I mean, it, it is the longest running, so there you can go so much. You, you feel like you go so much further with the characters. Yeah, but yeah, there, there's some phenomenal moments in Rachel Rising, which is about uh, you know a, a girl who um, one day dies and then wakes up, um, and her friend is a is a mortician, mm-hmm. and uh, she wakes up on the on the table. And oh. uh, so Rachel is, Spooky. she ri- rises and then, yeah, there's this kind of like crazy book that gets a lot more high concept as the, um, as the series continues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, after that came a series, a 12, 10 issue series called Motor Girl, which was uh, loosely connected to Strangers in Paradise. There's also a reference to Echo. Um, no, to, 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 to Strangers in Paradise in Rachel Rising. Oh, so okay. there are a lot of like loose connections to these series. Yeah. But then last year, Terry Moore did Strangers in Paradise uh, XXV, so fifth, 25, 25. So volume 25. Celebrating the 25th um, anniversary as well. Oh, right. So was it, yeah, right. Was it both yeah. or was it, it was just celebrating? Uh, Who knows? I think it was just celebrating. But um, and um, that started as a, a series kind of catching up with what's going on, on with Kachu and um, Francine. Francine from Strangers in Paradise. And then quickly became a lot bigger um, themes than what we've seen. A lot more high, like mm. high concept kind of genre stuff than what we normally see in a Strangers in Paradise book. And uh, suddenly he reveals that it's time for a Terryverse. And um, Strangers in Paradise set up this new series called Five Years because at the end of Strangers in Paradise, our characters learn that there's only five years left until the world, uh, through the use of new weapons and new mm-hmm. weapons technology, uh, kills itself, basically. So they have five years to live, but it's up to the combined characters of Strangers in Paradise, Motor Girl, Echo, and Rachel Rising to come together, and who are all, all women, by the way, mm. um, uh, to come together and save the world. I hadn't even, like, I know this is silly, but, like, I hadn't even thought about the fact that they're all women. Like, I hadn't even... He's, it's just such a... It's a world that is so full of women and about women and controlled by women that it never even occurred to me that that's, like, a cool thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's the best. I mean, like, I think if 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 you wanted to poke holes in, in him as a creator, like, you know, he definitely draws sexy women. So, if you have a problem with that, like, yep. you might you might have... This might be a problem for you. Um, I think he is uh, someone that is capable of drawing sexy women, but does so with respect. Absolutely, because I would say that he chooses to portray women who are, like, sexy in ways that are not necessarily conventional. He's not like a J. Scott Campbell, where it's, like, a tiny waist and big boobs and big hips. There's, like, they're proportionate and they mm. look normal and they're, like, they're sexy, but, like, he's celebrating things about women that may not be celebrated by the mainstream. And also, general. like, as well-drawn as they are, they are yeah. so well-written. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's I the think thing. That's they the have biggest, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I reread Strangers in Paradise 25 after I read Rachel Rising and Echo. It mm-hmm. was an amazing month. Like, that was such a great two weeks of just mm. binging through those series. They're so rewarding. And as, like, Strangers in Paradise takes a little bit to get into. Um, and then uh, Echo is, like, this very, very well-contained. Like, it's, it's bizarre to me that it hasn't been adapted into an action movie yet. Because um, mm. it would be so much fun. Um, and I could see it, you know, being squeezed into a 90-minute movie or 100-minute movie or whatever. 
Um, and then Rachel Rising, like it just hits the hits the ground running, and like you can, you can you read the first trade so quickly, and like you just immediately like, yep, cool. I, I want to find out what happens in this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Motor Girl, a very perfect, perfect little um, short story as well. Yeah, Motor Girl is like lovely and genuinely touching and like a really intelligently written story definitely about ptsd which mm-hmm. is a topic uh, very badly handled almost all the time by through <laughs> comics uh including uh, most recently in uh, uh heroes, in crisis. heroes in crisis that's right um but uh yes yeah, so i reread strangers in paradise 25 having read rachel rising and echo and um I, it was just insane to me like because when we first read it we loved it just as fans of strangers yeah. in paradise you hadn't even finished the series by that point no. but it was a very easy to follow there were listeners of the show that that read it as their first terry moore book as well and mm-hmm. and, and got got in, in, into it enjoyed followed along with the story Which really so well impressive but like man going back and reading it having read everything everything it's so insane how connected it is to yeah. echo and rachel rising like they're actually more prominent or as prominent as Strangers in Paradise is. And that's super that satisfying. Like, that's the best thing about a shared universe. And, like, the only reason to really have a, like, sort of a uh, shared continuity is, like, it's the best when you can just read a story and it's super satisfying on its own. But yep. then when it becomes this, like, larger thing, you can get so much more out of it. That's amazing, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I think we should actually talk about the first issue now of five yes. years. Um, so on the cover, you have characters from Strangers in Paradise, Motor Girl, Echo and Rachel Rising. But the book itself is uh, pretty much entirely um, Strangers in Paradise with a little bit of Motor Girl mm-hmm. as we uh, kind of see the points of view from mostly Kachu and Sam from Motor Girl. Yep. Um, and their kind of thoughts on what might happen to the world and their role that they need to play. Kachu's kind of taken a backseat. She thinks she's done enough for the world. And uh, it's up to Tambi, um, her, her once Half boss. Half sister? Oh, I can't remember. It's, it's a mess. It's yeah. crazy. But, like, you know, she, she controls a bunch of very dangerous and powerful women. Mm-hmm. And if anyone can fix it, it's her. But I think Kachu and Francine are going to find themselves a lot more connected to this than they want to be. Sam is like- acting as their bodyguard. Yeah, that's fun. Which is fun, yeah. Um, and I like I like Kachu's sort of uh, attitude of like, we're going to go and we're going to just enjoy our last five years together as yeah. a family. And that's all you can kind of do. Yeah, totally. Um, but so we haven't really seen... Um, in The end of, uh, of Strangers in Paradise 25 involved a lot of the Rachel Rising characters, including mm-hmm. Lilith, who is the first woman. Mm-hmm. As in like the first woman created by God. Uh, she's yep. a character in this series, um, and uh, but we haven't seen anyone from Echo show up yet. So I'm very excited to see when we when we get that happening. But so far, it's like all of Terry Moore's other work. It's like incredibly enjoyable, but also like rich with emotional depth and just beautifully illustrated. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, I definitely would recommend reading everything he's done. Yeah, um, I, I think five years as a book. I think, I think if you just jumped into this, you can probably still get some good shit out of it. Definitely get some good shit out of it. Mm. The art's still always good. And the writing is great, too. It looks great. But, you know, he is writing characters that he's been writing for, like, you know, half his life now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of uh, connection to those characters as, as a reader as well as a writer. Mm-hmm. I love this. Yeah, it's great. This is why it's I read great. comics. Mm. Yeah. Um, so over to Marvel now. Uh, that, that, that comic was published by um, Terry Moore's own publishing studio. He's so smart, guys. Abstract Studio. Um, Marvel is not owned by Terry Moore, but imagine if it was. Imagine if it was. It's funny to think that he has done a few things for Marvel over the years. He wrote Runaways for a bit. Oh, wow. God, I don't think I've read that. Um, me neither. I just know that he he, had to, he was like the next yeah. one on after Josh, Josh Whedon. 
Uh, well, I definitely stopped reading the Joss Whedon one. <laughs> That's not good. Um, but let's talk about some Marvel number yeah. ones. Yeah. We got Thanos number one, written by Tini Howard, with art by Ariel Olivetti and Antonio Favela. I found this boring. I yes. stopped reading it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think Tini Howard writes a great Gamora and a great Thanos, but the problem is she's been told that this comic needs to be the origin story of Gamora and Thanos. It needs to align with the MCU take as well mm. as the comic book take. Mm, uh, that seems tough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a really, really tough ask for her to do. And I think the problem is not with anything that she's done. It's just the story is not a particularly interesting one. Yeah, and it seems like something that was pushed out just to tie in with the movie release, which you can't be mad at because like, at least they're trying to do that for mm-hmm. once in their silly little lives. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't enjoy this issue. Yeah, it's a shame though because it's a great creative team. Yeah. And Teeny Howard is someone that I want to see succeed, especially on a big superhero book. I like Teeny Howard a lot. Me too. Um, how about Savage Avengers number okay, one? Okay, I feel a little dumb because I'm, I definitely borrowed this and then definitely forgot to read it. Uh, it's, it's a funny one. So Savage Avengers is the one that, that is an Avengers team with Conan the Barbarian on it. Which sounds great. So theory. it's Conan the Barbarian uh, on the cover alongside Venom, Punisher, Wolverine, Elektra, um, and uh, Dr. Voodoo. Great. Um, and, it's a great lineup. Yeah, it's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Mike Diodato, who has decided, you know what? I'm going to do regular panel layouts again. <laughs> and uh, I support that. The book is much more readable because of this, that decision. Um, we also have, um, I think, Frank Martin, possibly Laura Martin. They're both, there's two Martin colorists. There's two Martins. Which one is it? Oh, damn it. I don't know who it is. It's Steve Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin colored this book. Uh, but this is all about uh, Wolverine and Conan. Uh, both bumping into each other while infiltrating a weird castle. Um, and then inside this castle um, are a bunch of uh, figures sacrificing uh, sacrificing people in the arts for the greater good to kind of okay. appease some weird god they want to resurrect or whatever. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, Wolverine is too late to save Dr. Voodoo from being sacrificed. Oh, no. And um, So he- is this set in the past or is it set now? How is Conan here? Why is Conan here? Uh, I don't know how he is, but he's here to have a team up. Right. <laughs> and uh, it, it ends with um, Voodoo and Wolverine being killed and then putting being put into uh, coffins. And then it ends with uh, Frank Castle over his wife and children's graves and they've all been stolen. Oh, I think God. Been, I, can't, I couldn't work out if they died. That sounds... I mean, I know it's called Savage Avengers, but even that sounds like needlessly grim. I mean, the, the Batman has done this in the past with Re- yeah, that's how yeah, the yeah. Under the Red Hood story starts. Comics love like a, a grave robbing. Yeah, yeah. I think I may have misread the last bit. I don't know, whatever. The, <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, I'm going to give the, this uh, another couple issues for the okay. team to get together. It's fun. The art's like the best Diodato's done in a while, in my it opinion. Looks good, and the um, colors are good. Whoever did them, yes, Steve Martin. He's a man of many talents. Uh, yeah, I, I'll give this another shot. It's fun. I mean, Avengers books, team books are fun. Frank Martin did the colors. Frank. There you go. Um, but yeah, I'm keen to see how the rest of the team gets brought in. Venom especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who's Venom right now? Is it is it Eddie Brock? Yeah, Eddie Brock's still Venom. There you go. Yeah. So those are the Marvel number ones, um, unless you read more. Nope. nope. No, I don't think so. That's seems It seems surprisingly small. Yeah, I, I am being very selective with books that I start yeah. now. Um, how about DC? They put out a couple of number ones in the they last sure month. They sure have. Um, Deceased is a new series uh, written by Tom Taylor um, with art by Trevor Hairseen. 
Um, Stefano Guadiano. Yep. And um, James Harron. James Harron. So, amazing lineup of artists. Yeah. Um, with Colors by Rain Barreto. And uh, Deceased is... Uh, look, I want to start by saying I'm a fan of almost everything I've read by Tom, from Tom Taylor yeah, before. Absolutely. This, and the idea of him doing like what looks like a pretty dark story in DC, in DC with like all the DC characters is actually kind of appealing because he managed to turn me around when he did um, Injustice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a really dark concept that I was like, that doesn't appeal to me at all. But then I actually read it and I was like, this is really, really great. Yep. Uh, and he's clearly a massive fan of like, you know, every DC character. And gave yep. everyone a great time to shine. But Deceased is close. The closest comparison point is Marvel Zombies. The, um, yeah. Uh, who writes The Walking Dead again? Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman. And uh, you know, it's Sean Phillips did the art on, that, on, on Marvel Zombies. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was like, that, that is like a much more enjoyable book than, than you would expect it to be. Absolutely. And I found this much more enjoyable oh, see, than I, I, I expected. I did not. Really? This is like the first Tom Taylor book that I was like, oh, not I don't even read the, of this. the um, James Heron pages? Mm. I mean, I thought the art was great, but like it's a, a virus that turns people into zombies um, and you catch it by looking at... Social media. Social media. It's a commentary. I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. But I, okay, I genuinely, I was like fully prepared to not enjoy this because I was like, ugh. More zombie stories. I don't need that. I don't need a really grim DC story. No, not for me. But I thought that it being a, the virus being a like compromised version of the anti-life equation. I thought that was fun. That was like a fun fun take on it. That's fun. But then you get it by looking at social media. Okay, I don't hate that as okay. a commentary. You're like, you are so mad at any time anyone criticizes technology just because you love it. I thought it was like not the dumbest way that you Shawan can have ha- the virus. Someone has got 30 years. I'm on like me, a proper so Luddite. I hate technology. That's my job. Um, but I thought, I thought it was like uh, well done, all things considered. Even, even in a book that ends with, um, you know. Bruce being brutally attacked by Nightwing and uh, Tim Drake. I had quite a lot of fun with this. Actually, I did say earlier that um, Tom Taylor loves all of the DC universe, but he has it in for Dick. (laughs) He does not like Nightwing. Nightwing was the first character, like one of the first characters to die in uh, Injustice, and he's the first character to turn into a zombie, one of the first characters to turn into a zombie in this issue. I support it. Really? Yeah. Dick, ha- need- Dick, Dick needs Dick a break. No, nah, no way. Rick, Rick can die. Rick can die. Rick can die. Rick, bring Dick back. <laughs> I don't know. I want a book called We Love Dick. <laughs> and it's all of the the like gay characters in the DC universe yep. forcing Dick Grayson to be their wingman uh, and going out to try and pick up. That sounds good. It sounds good. You're limited because there's like three gay characters in the DC <laughs> <Yeah>. universe. <laughs> it's a very short But I'm series. here for the Alan Scott Nicholas- issue is going to yeah. be great. Yeah. Is he? Is he one of the Alan Scotts? Yeah, yeah. So they need like, to go off world. Universe, yeah. Alan Scott. Um, I thought this was pretty good fun. Nicola would have to draw it. Um, I I enjoyed this much more than I thought. And I thought Tom Taylor actually has a really good voice for. Um, like he made Cyborg kind of funny. In those like apocalypse pages. Oh yeah, when he gets his cu- tongue cut out. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, Tom Taylor is great at doing witty witty parts, and yeah. the dialogue in this is great. But then everyone. I just, I but then everyone turns into a zombie when they look at their phones. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny. Guys, if you're old like me and you love shaking your fist at a cloud, then um, join me in enjoying. But if you're also deceased. old like me, but you think, hey, the kids aren't too bad, everyone. <laughs> Give them a chance. It's not the kids that I hate. It's their phones. 
Um, DC also put out Year of the Villain number one, a 25 cent book that this they released. This is what they do every single flippin' free comic book day, and it annoys me because it should just be their free comic book day issue. Like, they put this out the same week as Free Comic Book Day, and it's like a taster of what they have coming out in the following year. Mm. And they should make that their Free Comic Book Day issue instead of reprinting, reprinting something yep. old, which is what they did again this year. So and I find I it annoying. The theory but- is that they people come in, get the free comic, and then they're like, oh, we should support the comic book store that we got the free comics well, what's from. what's the cheapest thing what's I can get? What's the cheapest <laughs> on the stands? 25 cents. That'll do. So DC Year of the Villain um, is the most dangerous summer event starts here. Oh no! And uh, we have uh, Scott Snyder, Brian Bendis, and James Tinney in the fourth uh, on writing duties across three different chapters, with art by Jim Chung, Alex Maleev, and Francis Manipal. Literally, no women yep. involved in the making of any of these comics. Um, Jessica Chen is an associate and editor. For few, thank goodness. <laughs> um, and Marie Javins is an editor as well. <laughs> I mean, like, cool that there's actually some women in editorial. Nancy now Spears is the vice president of sales. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Alison Gill, senior vice president of manufacturing and operations. Oh, lovely. Michelle R. Wells, <laughs> vice president and executive editor. Also, young reader. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Hey, are any of these going to be Wait, young reader is friendly? She saying no. that, is that saying that she is the... Is there a company called Young Reader or a division called Young Reader? They're, well, the, well DC, that just sounds like DC a description. Happen. Like it's just, yeah, just accrediting Michelle R. Wells, Young Reader. <laughs> DC have been making an effort to put out lots of Young Reader books. And they're yeah, and they're mostly good. looking pretty yeah, good. They're actually good. Um, um, what was in this? Because I did, I did read it, but now I forget. The first story was the one I liked the, uh, no, the least. Oh, no, that was actually, that was okay. The Scott Snyder one where it was like um, uh, Lex Luthor... Ends up blowing himself up or some shit. Oh yeah! I was like, oh, that seems so. It's kind of intriguing. But then the best one came from um, uh, Bendis, who wrote like a, a one about Leviathan coming to Gotham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay. That's um, fine. And then uh, and because they, they, they suspect that the Red Hood is behind it. Uh huh. Oh, That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then the, the finale, the Justice one, written by James Tinney in the fourth, is just the like not Grant Morrison written. Grant Morrison-esque cosmic nonsense stuff that I just... Unless he writes it, I hate it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to do. Like, it's really hard to do. Yeah. And also the Batman Who Laughs is in it. Hard pass. Who laughs. And it's, like, it's silly to me because DC have some, like, genuinely exciting stuff coming out. Like, I'm so... I'm so keen for the Greg Rucker, um, Mike Perkins, Lois Lane book and the Matt Fraction, Steve Lieber Jimmy Olsen book. I don't even know about those. That's yeah. awesome. Isn't that crazy how that's, under the radar they are? That's great because I'm about to like, I, I'm about to review like all of two like DC rip books into in this every episode. single DC. No, I only read the ones I like, but there's two of them. Yeah. So um, I, I, I could use a couple of more DC books that I like. Yeah. I'm, hey, I'm, well, I'm, and I saw that Gene Luen Yang is doing something else for DC as well. I didn't even see that. That's cool. Um, Who knows where it is? You scroll yeah, past I'm so it. Sorry. Preview books are fun. Oh, he's going to write the, ter- he's taking over the ter- for oh, the Terrifics. Cool. That's smart. That's good. But it sucks that he's, like, I don't know, I feel like he should be giving his own thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, DC, I want, I want to love you so much, DC. Um, and those books sound genuinely exciting to me. Like, great job bringing back Greg Rocker and Matt Fraction. Mm. Bringing Matt Fraction back to superhero books with a flippin' Steve Lieber illustrated Jimmy Olsen book. Yeah, is that's like, excellent. That's massive. That's going to be so fun. That's going to be so great. I want them to do more fringy DC books that like just live in their own little space and I can read yeah. those without well, having think, to like, try and pay attention to what Scott Snyder's doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just 
don't pay attention to what Scott Snyder's doing. Um, but when you know when he writes the he's writing the, the the main event, it's hard not to. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I don't know, man. How's um? We got, do you still read Aquaman by no. Kelly Sue DeConnick? Nah, nah, oh, nah. Yeah. I feel bad that I didn't even read an issue of that. I'll, I'll pick up the first trade. Yeah. I'm still I'm still a very supportive guy. <laughs> uh, Image Comics this this month. Uh, oh, wait, got- hang on. I read. Can I talk about ones that you haven't read yet? Of course. Um, so I read issue one of Batman and the Outsiders by Brian Hill. Spoiler away. Derek Soy. Um, Derek Soy or Dexter Soy. Dexter. There you go. Um, and I don't love Dexter Soy. His art's a bit um, Aspen e. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of I like him in the right book. I actually quite liked him on Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, I could see him fitting that. And this is probably like a bit of a similar book. So this is like the um, like I love the Outsiders. They're sort of the uh, X Force of Batman. So it's like Katana. The classic team is like Katana, Black Lightning, Geo Force. No Geo Force to be seen, unfortunately, guys. Was Metamorpho ever an Outsider? Possibly. Hmm. I think so. Um, but this team is Black Lightning, Katana, Orphan, who's Cassandra Kane, mm-hmm. and what's this dude again? The Signal. The Signal, Duke. Duke. Um, wasn't, so, oh, wait, so this is the book that everyone thought was cancelled. They actually brought it back, did they? I have no idea. Yeah, right. Yeah? Yeah. I I think it was, yeah. Um, and so this is the team that Batman's like, I can't be involved, guys. I have too much other shit on. So... Black Lightning, this is your team. But the whole team's like, we don't trust you, Black Lightning, because you're not Batman. And so this issue is like getting the team together and then being like, everyone trust Black Lightning. But they already did this and in Detective. Fine. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a super strong first issue, I have to say. Um, I'm willing to give it like another couple of issues just to see if it grows into something cool. But um, yeah, it wasn't my favorite, I have to say. Damn. Bummer. Any more DC ones? No, that's it. Image Comics put out a number one that I loved, and that is Ascender, number cool. one. Cool. Oh, man. This is like one of those like guilt things for me that I've just well, you could, still you never could pick read this Descender. Up. Had yeah? you not read Descender, you could absolutely okay. pick this up and enjoy it. Um, Jeff Lemire wrote this one with Dustin Nguyen, and um, you know, I feel like we've had years and years of celebrating everything Jeff Lemire does, mm. but this is like one of those books that he does that I feel like this is like his least least read and talked about. It goes under the radar. Yeah, bit, and it was people a, love it. a science fiction series called Descender that went for 30-something issues um, with Dustin Nguyen doing art the entire time. I love Dustin um, And it was about like a... A, a robot, um, it's like Astro being Boy. yeah, like an Astro Boy esque robot being reunited with his owner uh, many years and uh, many years later, enduring a massive war between robots and, and people, um, and that ends in a, a pretty gloomy way. But then the you get like the beginning, a new beginning um, for Ascender, which is a new story set after the events of Descender um, from a point of view of completely different and new characters. Um, and we are now in a, a world of magic. Ooh. Um, and uh, everything is run by a horrible, cruel witch. Um, so it's not, even though there's no more robots, it's still a bad place for everyone to live in. And we uh, meet a girl who lives atop a mountain, but she um, is kind of forbidden from uh, being a part of regular society because of her, um, her father's insistence um, not to, um, like submit to the witch mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. um and uh he is actually a character he's a character from descender okay um but i feel like there's enough going on in this uh issue i mean you'll get we we'll one of it pretty quickly by um dustin newins so, beautiful watercolor so beautiful um but yeah there's a great obviously a very rewarding final page uh, if you've read all of descender it's a fan favorite character 
uh, crashes uh, into um, into the life of the of the main character of this of Ascender. But cool. yeah, as a, as, a, as a new book, um, I, I would definitely recommend it to those who have read and those who haven't read Ascender. Hmm. That's great. Nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Lemire is relatively incapable of doing a truly bad book. It's true. And this is a truly good one. Lovely. Uh, speaking of watercolor art, I read uh, number one, issue number one of Beasts of Burden, The Presence of Others. Oh, I'm, I, I, again, this free comic book day week was really hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you did it. Man, that's it, your second pregnant free comic book day. Yeah. I got really sick afterwards as well. I was Damn. like out of action for a couple of days. Shit, you got yeah. But it was a really good day. No more pregnant free comic no book day, No more pregnant. Siobhan. Yeah, fucking hell. There's and I know that your favorite one. thing to do. The last one. <laughs> Um, but it was a really good free comic book day. Thanks yeah. for everyone who came. Unreal. It was really nice. Beast of Burden, The Presence of Others, written by Evan Dorkin, art by Jill Thompson, colors. Is it colors or lettering? Letters by Nate Piekos. Jill Thompson um, generally does her in colors. Yeah. Um, and this is a, a book about... Um, I love Jill Thompson on Beast of Burden as well. Yeah. It's, mm. a, it's a book about mostly about dogs, um, yeah. but the dogs are like uh, like ghost ghost hunting dogs. Yeah. Um, yeah that, 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 are, that are trained in, in the dark arts. And, yeah. And it's like... Well, yeah, like what if Hellboy dogs? What if Doctor Strange was a bunch of dogs? <laughs> That's a much better comic book than Doctor Strange. <laughs> also, the name of this episode. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I've I've read I haven't read all of this. I know you have read most of most of yeah. the series. Um, but uh, Beast of Burden and the Presence of Others is the first um, issue of Beast of Burden that I've read in which uh, humans feature heavily. So this is them having to work alongside a, like a kind of like ghost hunting father daughter team. Cool. And it's really, really great. Um, Obviously, I mean, obviously you care a lot about, so pretty. uh, you care a lot about the dogs in this, in this comic, but uh, the the stakes feel higher when there's human lives on the line. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I thought this was really, really good. Uh, the Evan Dorkin and Jill Thompson do this series in such a way that you could just pick up any, any Absolutely. of them. And the, the world is very easy to grasp. It's incredibly accessible. It's really good fun, like probably spooky stuff, um, but not like not actually scary. Just yeah, just a really fun, creepy horror. Like yeah. you know, but like yeah, it's just it's just Eldritch great horror. shit. And it's like yeah, like heroic dogs, like biting enormous mutant rats. That bursts up from the ground beneath them. What's not to love? There's a little bit of blood and a little bit of like gore, but it's kind of like schlocky, fifties-esque yeah. kind of gore. Evan Dorkin definitely leans into that. But the the story is excellent. the The voices he gives all the dogs is tons of fun. Yeah, it's great shit. Super enjoyable. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the Dark Horse regularly do sales on their app. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can pick up this entire series for, for less than twenty bucks. Um, oh, I'm, I'm sure the trades aren't, aren't that much more expensive too. No, and there's a really nice um, hardcover edition, which I think is still available, uh, that collects like the first 12 or so um, Beast of Burden issues. Yeah, right, um, cool. Which is super, super worthwhile. Unreal. Down. I realized that uh, I, I shot ahead before we did all of our um, image number ones. What do you got there? Oh, yeah, sorry. I've got, um, so I read the first issue of Excellence, which is written by pa- Brandon Thomas with art. Um, hang on, who's on art? Kari Randolph. Right. And colors by Emilio Lopez. Letters by Darren Bennett. And it's magic. It's magic, guys. But it's magic um, in a world in which all of the magic users are black. And they are like... It's sort of revealed at the end that they're kind of semi... The end of the issue. That they're like kind of guardian angels or uh, magical guardians there to help regular people through like difficult (laughs) times in their life. Wait, regular people? As in like... 
non <laughs> non white I don't people. okay I don't know if it's exclusively just to help white people do things that are hard for them. <laughs> that's, um, that's an amazing concept. That's true. <laughs> so far, the only people that I have seen is black people helping white people. Right, um, but there are, but so there are regular black people and then magic black people, right? I think or so. Or all black people magic. Unconfirmed. I'm okay with both. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with either. But it's kind of like a, a magical sort of unseen extra world um, existing in New York City. And we follow, like, the son of the kind of uh, head of the magic world as he, like, struggles with, like, connecting to his magic as a child and then finally engaging with it as a young man and going through his kind of um, initiation ceremony yep. in which he helps a guy <laughs> propose to his girlfriend. But it's, like, it's very, very high stakes and it's taken very seriously. Like, he, um, to make the guy realize how much he has to lose, he, like... <laughs> Almost like he pushes the woman off a building kind of thing. <laughs> like he breaks the building underneath her. So the guy's like, oh my God, I could never lose her. <laughs> um, so it's like, and the, the, the art's really, um, it's really highly stylized. It's very dynamic. It's very fast paced. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit silly, but I sort of enjoyed it. Like I sort of, I find kind of uh, that contemporary fantasy stuff. Sometimes I get a little bit like, this is silly. Um, and it is silly, but it's... it's um, Comic should be. It has be. a kind of Afrofuturist vibe. Oh, that's cool. Which is uh, super enjoyable. Um, a good companion to the current um, future set uh, Black Panther yeah, run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is wrapping up soon. Yeah. Uh, so maybe this could take its place. And I really I really enjoyed it. It's gonna, it looks like it's going to get incredibly serious and incredibly heavy quite quickly. Um, but I, I recommend picking this up. So this is uh, excellence. Um, it's a Skybound um, image comic. And I, I rate it. Unreal. Um, final image, uh, number one, that uh, I read and loved uh, oh, is, by, yes, is by Ken Garing, who we talked about um, over a year ago on the podcast. He did a book called Planetoid Praxis, mm-hmm. which itself was a, a sequel to the original Planetoid series that mm-hmm. neither of us read, but Planetoid Praxis was just one of those great, you know, second series that just, you know, let you know everything, just, just threw you into a world. Yeah. And it didn't really matter. You didn't really know what happened before it. I'm sure it would have been a better read had yeah. you done it. But it, for us, it was enjoyable enough without it. Absolutely. Um, he is a writer and artist. Um, and uh, he has a kind of like unique, uh, almost like Mignol- Mike Mignola influence kind mm. of art. Like less a less dark Mike Mignola. Um, but uh, yeah, um, he has a new book called Gogor. Gogor? G-O-G-O-R. G-O-G-G-O-R. Do you know you're, you're too yes. old? No, no I remember that. Good Lord. Um, but yeah, Gogor is uh, a book about... Um, it's like a fantasy book, which, mm-hmm. as, as many will know, is not my cup of tea. But my thing that I don't like about fantasy is that like they always open with like so much lore. Yeah, and you've got yeah, to learn yeah, the yeah, names yeah. of like 10 different species who all have different dialects. And yep. they come from like 13 generation old families. <laughs> and here is the, the middle names of all 13 of those grandfathers. Just say you hate Lord of the Rings and be done with it, man. <laughs> um, but this, uh, this fantasy book throws you straight into a, a chase um, mm. as our main character uh escapes from a bunch of soldiers um on on the back of a giant mole yep. while they ride behind him on giant ants yep. uh, and he is guarding a scroll that he was given moments before he started being chased um and uh he quickly um meets someone who helps him and introduces him to some other rebels mm-hmm. and so yeah this is this is his journey to basically wake uh, up an ancient yeah d- deliver it deliver deliver a scroll to the top of a mountain i didn't look too closely at the cover of this so mm. when it is revealed that 
um, like once he takes this thing to the mountain that he awakens this like Hulk-esque kind of like fantastic beast beneath the mountain. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But if you look, actually look at the cover, that, that beast is, takes up half of it. So I'm just <laughs> blind as hell. <laughs> but man, what a like, what a great first issue. So, so fun. Yeah. So gorgeous. Like really beautifully illustrated, fun, fast paced. And like, um, I would say all ages friendly, but Absolutely. not exclusively all ages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, you you have the the, the young protagonist, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that the world is you know just this fun fantasy world. You know, like world building. The world in which the characters live is one of the most important parts of a comic book. But I mm. feel like more than any genre, maybe sci-fi as well is guilty of it. But like. They've put so much effort into telling you what the world is about and what's happened in the world before this that it's always so much more compelling if you learn about the world as, you know, your main character is being chased through it. Yeah. I loved this issue. So good. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% signed up for this series. Absolutely. Highly, highly recommend Gogor. Yeah. Check that out. The image book came out a couple of weeks ago and uh, image, issue number two is a few weeks away. Good Yee. shit. June 12 it comes out. Um, so I got an IDW series that I also loved. Okay, I didn't like this that much. Oh damn! Hmm. So this is Ghost Tree, um, and uh, I published through IDW. I mostly loved it because of Simon Gaines' art. It's very nice to look at, and the colors are really lovely. Um, Bobby Kerno uh, wrote this one. Um, possibly, sh- maybe I should extend that same accidental criticism I did last time we were talking about Ronan Island about. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if either of these are, 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 are characters with Jap- sorry, are, are creators with uh, a background in being Japanese. Mm. But this is a book <laughs> a background uh, in being Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I studied I studied being Japanese for many years. Uh, but this is a story um, uh, set set in Japan um, about a uh, a dying grandfather who tells his uh, his young grandson to come visit him at this at this place in the in the woods near his house. Um, when he's dead, right? Yeah, twenty years from now, or whatever. When I've died, uh, ten years, ten years after I die, come mm-hmm. meet me here. And by chance, he goes home mm-hmm. when he's an adult and heads to that same spot, and where he has a discussion with his grandfather, who is like, um, "So our family can talk to ghosts, oh. um, and I wish you didn't come back here because there's nothing for you here, and I wasted my entire life here. Um, so don't don't hang out here and, and use your abilities to talk to ghosts." And he's like, oh, but I kind of hate my life back home. Maybe I will stay here. Right. So I don't know where the series is going to go. I love the art. It's, it was a curious concept. Yeah, that's interesting. And it looks like it's going to be a kind of like love story. But, you know, this man has a boring life in the city. And maybe it's time to have a cool life in ghost country. Yeah, I'm into that. Hang out with your dead grandpa. I don't know why I got bored of it halfway through and just stopped reading it. I mean, it's sometimes it could be a mood-based thing. Mm. And from what I read about pregnancy... I'm full of moods, guys. <laughs> yeah, babies are seventy five percent mood. Three times this morning. That's what. That's and all for the placenta no is. For no reason. For just yeah, yeah, <laughs> extra yeah. mood. It's just extra tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we. I couldn't watch anything remotely heart pulling with B when she was pregnant because she would just like well up and start <laughs> crying. We. I remember we were in the car and I put on Umbrella by Rihanna. Yeah. And <laughs> a, a minute into it, I looked over and I was like, "Are you crying?" And she's like, "This song's just so beautiful." <laughs> I was listening to um, like Elton John on the way in, and I just started bawling listening to which "Candle song? in the Wind." Which <laughs> crocodile is so Rock, <laughs> yeah, Crocodile Rock, <laughs> just Benny and the Jets. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure Benny and the Jets is one of those ones that like 
you, you, if you actually read the story of what it's about, you'd be like, oh my God. God that's so heavy. Like, you know that song, um, like it's better known as a, a disco song by Bernie M. It's like, Sunny, mm-hmm. yesterday my life yeah, yeah, was yeah. feeling so great. It's originally like a, like a soul song by like, I think it's Bobby Hebb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I only know it. And it's a song about his dead brother. Oh, God. And it's like, I, want, I told, told V that one, and she was pregnant <laughs> and she couldn't talk for like an hour. Because <laughs> you think about every line of that song, I'm like, oh my god, it's about his dead so brother. <laughs> um, I read Spencer and Locke too. Oh, okay. Did you read the full first series? Yeah, I read the trade of that. A lot okay. of our listeners um, highly recommended it because it's about like, kind of like, what if um, Calvin and Hobbes yeah. uh, grew up? <laughs> I was gonna say, what if Garfield grew up? <laughs> so it's like a yeah, a, a boy who is essentially Calvin grown up. Yeah. Um, and he has a panther called Locke. Mm. So Spencer and Locke looks um, very black saddy. Yeah, um, but the two of them, uh, he's like an inept police officer um, and mm. uh, he kind of uses his relationship with his like, toy panther to help rescue stuff. But it was very much like very tropey, damsel in distress, mm. um, kind of by numbers, dark crime fiction um, book, which I've read tons of, so I didn't really need to read any more of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I do like the concept that I came back for um, a second one. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I did appreciate that there's like a bunch of, What's that one? The the what's the army the army the army comic oh, I book don't strip? Know. I actually and don't this know. is called Roach Riley. It's called like Dumby Dooby or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it, and it's like you know about like, like a lazy guy in the in the army. Hilarious. But he plays this new villain who comes to town to ruin everyone's lives and kill a bunch of people. Um, it was a bit unnecessarily grim. Um, but uh, look, I still think it's a really good concept. It's just not one that um, <laughs> appeals to me that much, especially well executed. Um, it, it certainly appeals to some people, so that's, that's good. fine. Yeah. How about Eve Stranger? Um, so this is the new Black Crown book um, written by David Barnett with art by Philip Bond, colours by Eva Delacruz, letters by Jane Eyre. And this is, um, it's like, what's that movie where Memento? Oh, yep. It's like this girl wakes up and has to read a letter from herself to remember what's going on in her life. And it turns out she's like a cool assassin. Um, but is the comic told backwards? In a sense. Oh, wow. In the sense that you're like, don't know what's really happening until the end. Okay, sure, yep. So not really. That's <laughs> not what backwards means. Um, and then there's like a fun little kind of strip at the end set in an alternate universe with the same character. Okay. So she's like, am I a reporter dreaming of being an assassin or am I an assassin dreaming of being a reporter? That's fun. It's really fun. Um, and the mystery is genuinely compelling and like really interesting. And the art's really great and the colors are really lovely. And it's like a clever concept. At first I was like, mm, this is just memento. <laughs> um, but with a girl with purple hair. But it's actually, she's like a, um, she's been bred to be a super assassin. And she's been like, uh, but there's like something in her blood that's going to kill her in like one week. And so she has to try and find a cure for it. And um, it's just like, it's just cool. Great. Just clever. I just really enjoyed it. Really enjoyable first issue. I highly rate it. Awesome. Check it out. Yeah, well, stranger. I'm stealing it. Cool. Um, so uh, I like ticking things off that are easy. So let's do DC now because I've only got two <laughs> comics. But I, I missed out on Green Lantern, the Green Lantern this month. It oh, man. It was a really good issue. It's a really, really good uh, issue. One of our friends, Rebecca, said it was the, easily the best issue of the series. And I'm like, fuck. I wanted to get it. It's really good. Did it sell out here really quickly or something? Or I don't know. Maybe there's way more people jumping on board, which Um, is great. And I think that specific issue got like a weird amount of press. And I think people were suddenly like, oh, this is actually a great series. I might Um, might rip open an expensive variant on the the shelf and read that. Man, it's it's worth it. I like 
I love this series. It's so good. It's so clever. It's so well written. And Liam Sharp is just doing the best work of his career as far as I can tell. Like it is so good. And that was a really, really great solid issue. Really clever. Really well done. Damn. Loved it. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. And hopefully I will in the future. Um, the Wild Storm. We're rattling towards the end of this uh, Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt with Steve Bucciolato um, uh, series. Uh, I, can't, I can't work out if that sentence made any sense. You, when you forget what, how you start. Halfway through what yeah, you were yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah, I think it did. Baby brain. <laughs> it's, it's, it's contagious. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I've kind of, not so much a criticism, I've been concerned about this series feeling like a setup then leads to nothing mm. but um with this issue because obviously this is like yeah, the kind of reimagining of uh, of the Wildstorm universe mm. uh through 24 issues um as warren ellis kind of like reintroduces them all to it, like new versions of each of all the characters in this w- new continuity um but uh this is the issue where i was like you know what i don't really care what they do afterwards i'm, I'm i've enjoyed the hell out of this run so far and i hope it ends as well as it's been reading yeah until this I'm, point i'm it's super enjoyable, and John Davis Hunt is, like, so great. Like, there's so few artists that I really love reading a full issue of just action. Yeah. Um, and I would just read all of the action comics from him. That's I've all... Because I've just been reading so much manga lately. That's, like, all I've been doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just a full, <laughs> like, <laughs> full volume of fighting. Yeah, I've been reading... I, read, I finished all of... Um, well, I'm up to date on One Punch mm-hmm. Man. Uh, cool, and One cool, Punch cool. Man starts as a parody of, of, like, fight shonen comics. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Shonen Manga, and then like midway through, they're like, "Oh, we may have done everything we can with this joke. You know what? What if we just expand all? Because like One Punch Man is like this overpowered guy who ends every fight with one punch and has grown bored with fighting because cool. he can't find a, a worthy com- uh, opponent. Um, but in, instead of like you know, just t- it, it was like almost it started as a strip and then it got turned into a manga and then yeah, an cool. anime. But now they they like he's he's the only one that. Everyone else takes the world so seriously. It's like this big, like, superheroes versus monsters thing. And then, uh, but he's, One Punch Man is just in the middle, like, not taking anything seriously. Like, bored of all the fighting and just wanting to, like, cook hot pot. Nice. And, do, <laughs> and shop at sales. Um, but they ex- instead expanded on all of the other characters in the universe. And, mm-hmm. like, you have these, like, you know, expansive long fight scenes and set up where you don't see One Punch Man for, like, you know, several volumes Cool. Um, That's fun. It's really fun, and it's like yeah, it is. It is like a serious fight manga now. Mm. And uh, God, the, the artist on that, Hatara is his name. Um, just a phenomenal penciler. Just yeah, that's the best shit. Cool. Super intricate, insane monsters being punched in the head by weird cool. superheroes. It's great. That sounds fun. Yeah, you'd really, really love it actually, because every it every week it's just it. like a new weird superhero that joins the team. If only I didn't hate screens so much because they give you anti-life. I think all of oh, that's right. That's why you don't that's read the Shonen Jump. I'm just very conscientious. <laughs> what if the deceased virus you only got through reading manga <laughs> on an iPad? Um, I mean. It would like, still it probably spread. Wouldn't, it, would it probably longer. wouldn't be as uh, as devastating yeah. to the world. We'd probably just get rid of a lot of nerds. It might be good. Myself included. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Wildstorm, like, yeah, we, we're finally seeing all of the heroes work together to take down mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the two forces that they are working against, I guess. The or? team's finally together. Yeah. Uh, and I particularly, Super satisfying. It's good to see Midnighter and Apollo on the team. Yeah. And also great to see like the extent of some of the characters' powers as they you know are finally able to use them on a, a bigger scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's great shit. It's really good. Yeah. I still, like, part of me is like, oh, I just wish that there was something else announced for after these 24 issues because like, 
I mean, you never know. DC are doing pretty good at like doing pretty well at um, sort of surprise. Yeah, true. Surprises. No, I mean, John, be a surprise. John Davis Hunt definitely deserves a break after this because yeah. he's. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, I don't yeah. think he missed a month. He deserves an Eisner. Yeah, give him give him to him. Yeah. Um. So uh, I have been absolutely loving Wonder Twins, um, the Wonder Comics uh, comic published uh, written by Mark Russell with art by Stephen Byrne. Um, and uh, this is a kind of like comedy comic about the Wonder Twins. Who are, were they? Were they made for the I Super Friends? I think they Friends? were made for the Super Friends TV show. So they are very goofy characters, and yeah. so we get like a young version of them who have um, like two twins from outer space that are put on like almost like a maintenance crew for the Justice League. Yeah. Um, um, and they're so, like interns. <laughs> but, but this is all, it's also a high school book, um, and so this this book was about dating and the friend zone and. Uh, kind of like showed why Zan is a really great character. He's like this goofy loser kid that doesn't care what people think of him. Yeah. It's great. It's like Mark Russell is so great at sort of dealing, like doing that kind of like an issue a comic thing, which can feel so contrived and like annoying, but doing it in such a like clever, fun way that and you... sweet. That's sweet the, the sweetness and funny of, yeah. and like smart and... It's just such a it's such a delight. It's, it's such that American a book. American kind of like TV trope where once a season they'll do a very special episode where yeah. where they deal with a real life problem. But every yeah. single issue of, of his comics do that. But it's <laughs> Zan's so funny. Oh man, it was a really funny issue. Lots of great sight gags throughout it. Yeah, Stephen Byrne, maybe maybe the best artist that um, Mike Russell has been pe- um, paired with yet. Steve Pugh, Steve Pugh, pretty hard to beat. But yeah, but this is like. For this book, so perfect. Like it's perfect, sort of YA fodder. I hope. I hope this book isn't just popular with old people going like, "This is great, kids, yeah. learn some lessons." I hope that. <laughs> I hope that um, it's actually enjoyable for kids as well. My favorite is uh, their friend who is extremely smart and uh, is yeah, and like you know that her name's Polymath. Polymath, Get that's it. right. And they say, "What What do you suppose she thinks about during those long walks home?" And uh, she starts thinking about testicular cancer, mm-hmm. and then like is almost is almost about like you know going to in her head like she works out the cure to, to, to testicular cancer. But then she's interrupted by um, two like workmen jeering at her, <laughs> and then just like oh never mind oh well, <laughs> it's great, great 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 couple of pages. Yeah, really funny, man. Just like I could just read out so many panels, but that would be dull for everyone. But it's super enjoyable. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I read Shazam, issue five. This, this is Jeff Johns doing this yep, one? Yeah, Jeff Johns and Dale Eaglesham. So, like, it's hard to, like, man, look at, look at Billy's jaw. It's great. That's what you want. Um, but I sort of, the, the, the extended Shazam family, I understand why it's, like, good in a number of ways for, like, various kinds of representation and that sort of stuff. And I love the, like, extended foster family thing. Like, that's really cool. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, but there's a lot of characters in this, and not like, unless you're super across all of the Shazam kids now, it's kind of hard to uh, follow in bits. Um, but this issue brings, like, um, Talkie Tawny, the talking oh, tiger. Great. Okay. Um, so, oh, my God. And he is ripped. He is a ripped talking tiger, I'll tell you what. Um, and so they're kind of, like, in an alternate universe. They've been trapped by, like, Dr. Um, Mr. Mind, I think, is the big bad of this series. <sighs> right. And Black Adam is coming to, like, uh, take back his power from Billy... And he's going to fight Dr. Savannah. But then they're also in like all these kind of um, different lands, like games world and like kids world and okay, stuff fine. like that. So it's like, it's definitely uh, for a younger reader. And I think if you, I think, I think it is smart in terms of if you liked the Shazam movie, I imagine that this is very tonally similar. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's good. I have. I loved it. Oh, it's like it, 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 it's the first like DC movie that I don't have to give a disclaimer when I say I liked it. <laughs> um, yeah, I do want to see it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, so I think I think this is like probably other people get more out of it than I do, but it's still totally enjoyable. And Dale Eaglesham is like great. After I saw the movie, I read um, Shazam and the Monster Society of Evil. It's so good. It's written and drawn that. by Jeff Smith, mm-hmm. most famous for Bone. Um, that is so much fun. That yeah. book is so good. Like it, it's it's the best Shazam comic. Like it's just it's a truly all ages book. Like it's yeah. enjoyable for everyone who reads it. At no point are you like, this is a book for babies. No. And I imagine it's one of those books that like like deals with a few darker themes from like a kiddie like point of view. That like those are so enticing when you're a, when you're a certain kind of kid. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like oh wow, there's death in this book. That's yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not like cool death. It's like, you know, spooky death. Genuine death. Yeah, yeah. Real death. Um, beautiful cartooning and just a great story. Yeah. It's ridiculous how little uh, Captain Marvel stuff is actually in print. Mm. Um, but that is in print. And I really do recommend trying to track a copy down through your local comic book store. It's a shame that Black Adam is so caught up in like, because they, they, they attached the rock to that at some point. Yeah. And I, I, I really do wonder, had that not been a thing on people's minds or, you know, in, in studio talks or whatever, would we have gotten some form of Black Adam stuff in the first Shazam movie? Would that, mm. would that have made it, made it too complicated? I don't know. So he doesn't... Who's the, who? Oh, because it's Dr. Savannah's the bad guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I do want to see that. And it's a really, like, hammy 90s version of it, but it totally works. That's what you need. Like, yeah. that's what, Shazam, that's what yeah. Shazam's all about. Yeah, definitely. And it's, like, it's such a movie, like... Well, I wanted a doddering old man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But we get, like, a middle-aged Like dude. a buff dude. Uh, yeah, buff? not quite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lame the whole point but there's like there's such great representation in captain marvel and like his family and stuff. yeah you know, totally, like yeah, yeah. Well, there definitely is the in families the movie, so, yeah. people with disabilities it's good fun 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's talk about Marvel Comics now. Let's do it. Um, uh, are you still reading War of the Realms? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm enjoying this. Yes, good fun. It's like, you know, it's it's not certainly not a groundbreaking series in any way, but it, nah. as far as just being like enjoyable popcorn event book, it's uh, it's ticking that box in a big way. Absolutely. It's not trying to reinvent the comic book event wheel. It's just a bunch of guys fighting in the various locations that you recognize. Great. Yeah, That's what totally. I want. And fun, weird team-ups. And like, yeah. like I, love, I love, like, Jason Aaron writes Punisher so well. Yeah. In that he barely gives him any dialogue and just, like, makes him, like, a gun-crazed maniac. But, yep. like, a funny one. And so he's used to great... <laughs> Great, great lengths in this mm-hmm. uh, in this series. Jason um, Aaron writes like he writes a good Spidey. He writes a good She Hulk. He writes a good everyone. I wish I enjoyed his adventures more. <laughs> well, uh, so you, you totally gave up on that? Yeah, I did. Um, the I probably jump back on. I, I, as a jump on point, um, the most recent issue of uh, oh, the I did read that because it was, was fine. heaps of fun. Yeah, real good fun. Um, so while War of the Realms goes on, most of the main heroes are kind of caught up going through the realms trying to f- save Thor and Mid- mm. Midgard. Um, we have uh, the Avengers um, is now a team about Phil Coulson, uh, who is yeah. who is working with um, uh, Mef- Mephisto yeah. um, to create his own, uh, what's it called? Society, no, uh, Subsing Society. What's it? It's Hyperion and... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Squadron Supreme. Squadron Supreme, that's it. So it's like, yeah, the Squadron Supreme of America. Mm. So it's Hyperion and Nighthawk and... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's like DC's... Justice League. DC's edgy version of the, of the Justice League mm. from the late 90s, except they're now all working... They've been brainwashed into working for Phil Coulson and the American government. Nice. It's, I thought Phil Coulson was dead. Yeah, so obviously he's made a deal with Mephisto to come back. <laughs> it's great. It's so, yeah. That was a really enjoyable issue. And I, I like that it kind of ties into War of the Realms, but not really. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it feels like a very separate thing. Like They're, yeah. they're, they're dealing with, you know, uh, Norse threats to, to Earth. Mm. But, I mean, you, you can tell this is all going to be about all these things crumbling around them. That's what that's a, that's a good thing about Squadron Supreme books. Like, I highly recommend... Um, Especially if you like Gary Frank's art on um, mm. on uh, Miracle, what's it called, Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock. He, uh, I, the first thing I read him was all the Squadron Supreme stuff, and they're great. Mm. I think it's with Michael Straczynski. Cool. Read that? Yeah, it's I like you know, that. it's like it's a bit edgy, and some of the stuff with the Wonder Woman character is pretty, pretty gross and dated. Ah, yeah. But um, you know, hey, you, if you read comics, you're very used to turning a blind <laughs> eye, um, and it's a, a very enjoyable series. Mm. Um, and so it's always good to see those characters return, and uh, I think it's going to be fun. It's a fun little thing. I'm not reading any of the other tie-ins. Are you? Tour around? I'm reading like, all of the tie-ins. <laughs> That's so dumb. funny. That's um, some real Andrew Levin circa one year ago yeah. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just enjoying I've grown War as of the a Realms and everybody. I'm just enjoying War of the Realms so much that then I pick up all the tie-ins and I'm like, this isn't illustrated by Russell Dorderman. Yeah. I don't like this at all. <laughs> um, so the tie-ins haven't been that exceptional, I would say. Bummer. Yeah. Um, I even I haven't really been enjoying the Squirrel Girl tie-in either. See, I haven't been reading Squirrel Girl because there's not enough copies for me. Oh well, I, I can give you the most recent one if you would like to read that. But um, I think I think it's the kind of book that would really suffer from being forced to tie into main continuity. That's hard. I think if I'm not, if I'm in if I'm in the wrong mood for, squir- for to read a Squirrel Girl bo- Squirrel Girl book. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I, I'll just be like, oh, it's too long. It's there's too, too long. Many there's words. too many jokes. I hate this. Yeah. yeah. My wife is reading um, the book he wrote, Ryan North book. I think I talked about it last episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And she's loving it. Yeah. The he's, book about the time machine. 
He's a very clever man. She'll be like, oh, look, he does these little jokes like at the bottom of the page. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> He's been doing that since Dinosaur Comics, actually. I think you'll find. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, speaking of Jason Aaron, um, Conan issue number six came uh. out with unbelievable art by Mahmoud Azra and uh, great colors by Matthew Wilson. I'm ready for them to stop giving us little glimpses of story and then ha- have like the end reveal be like the kind of weird magic children about to yeah, kill yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, 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 I'm enjoying this being like almost like a anthology series of like mm. weird short little um, Conan stories, but I also want something to sink my teeth into and have an ongoing plot. But maybe that's not the appeal of Conan. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of enjoying the structure of it at the moment. I think that Jason Aaron quite often does like the first arc is all the little one-off stories and then the next arc will be something more ongoing and that's kind of what this felt like to me like this felt like the last issue of this format and we'll get something more more ongoing next yeah but maybe not i mean i'm just in i'm i'm just loving this and like matthew wilson's colors like i don't think that's brilliant that's art has ever the, looked the this beautiful conan sitting bloodied on top of a pile of bodies just like it shouldn't but it looks absolutely gorgeous it's beautiful <laughs> it's a delight i love this series it's so enjoyable. Yeah. Um, uh, keeping things Avengery for a moment, um, I finally finished all of the Avengers No Road Home. Oh, okay. And I wish I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the follow-up series to Avengers No Surrender by Al Ewing, Jim Zub, Mark Wade, um, Paco Medina, uh, Jesus Zubertov, Sean Isaacs, and Marcio Menes. I believe there may have been another artist or colorist throughout the 10 issues, but uh, it revolved around a bunch of random Avengers, Scarlet Witch, Conan, Hercules, Spectrum, Vision, Voyager, Hulk, Rocket Raccoon, and Hawkeye, um, dealing with a char- a, a villain who uh, was unleashed and killed all of Hercules' family. So all the gods, all the uh, Greek gods, yep. uh, died at the start of this uh, series. Um, and the final issue was a very like self-congratulatory, like, this is how comics were made, and it's like this meta thing about like the creators and blah blah blah. And is it Mark Wade? Yeah, of course it's Mark Wade. Yeah, yeah. he loves doing shit like that. Um, but uh, it kind of it, it introduced Conan to the um, to the regular Marvel oh, okay. comics, and then they dump him in the um, in, in the Savage Land at the end. That's fun. Ooh, okay. Um, and then it looks like uh, Hercules is going to be a space guy now, so like kind of Thorish. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? Fine. Whatever. Whatever. Um, probably won't read their follow-up to No Road Home if they do one. But watch me do it anyway. Ah. Um, meet the Scrolls. You're reading this, Man, right? No, I'm so dumb. I just, I haven't, I missed the first issue and I've just never right. caught up. Um, well, there's but one I think issue when left. the trade comes out, I've got to... I've yeah, there's one issue left and Marvel are pretty good with putting the trade out pretty quickly after yeah. it. Um, this has been a wonderful mini-series. Essentially, it's about... like yeah, I compared it to Tom King's Vision series mm-hmm. where we have a family of four Skrulls who are living undercover as your everyday American family and uh, having to infiltrate into American society as they try and bring it down from the inside. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, it's a really great study of family and, mm-hmm. and deception and trying to live up to the... Uh, crazy ideals that your parents expect of you. The art's um, super cool. Yeah, so it's written by um, Robbie Thompson. This is probably my favourite thing of his that I've ever read. Um, and art is just is wonderful. It's by Nico Henrichon. Um, yeah, there's one issue left, so I'll, I'll, I'll delve a little bit deeper into it once it's all been released. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. I mean, having unless that's appalling, uh, yeah. um, I, I would absolutely recommend this be on everyone's watch list for trade by. Cool. Uh, it's one of those very special... I love miniseries. Yeah. I feel it's completely contained... Um, and it's just it's just 
awesome. That's why why I love comics. Cool. Um, another great miniseries that did finish was uh, Winter Soldier by Kyle Higgins and Rod Reyes. Um, a great little story about um, Bucky uh, taking down a young um, would-be assassin uh, who, being trained mm-hmm. just like he was, like a, like a young boy in his own image as well. He mm-hmm. kind of looks like young Bucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, almost involving himself in, in the young would-be assassin's life as a surrogate father until his actual father comes along. Uh. <clears throat> um, and, uh, look, it was a, a, a kind of a bummer of a series overall, but I feel like that's kind of what Bucky Book should be like. Yeah. Um, I, the only, only thing I would say bad about this series is that it was a miniseries. It sets up such a great beginning for a long-running Bucky run, which we haven't had in so long. Um, I kind of wish this was an ongoing, but it's gotten pretty great reviews though, and like quite yeah. a lot of um, attention. So you never yeah. know. Really satisfying, if not sad, ending. Mm. Um, and I, I, I would, I would love to see Kyle Higgins, you know, who's done great stuff with Nightwing in the past, and Bucky is Marvel's Nightwing, the closest sure thing to is. it anyway. So I, I would love to see him be given more with this character. Yeah, cool. Great stuff. Mm. Um, another miniseries um, was uh, Spider-Man: Life Story. Why do I hate miniseries? I'm so dumb. I just also These are the things that we should be this. supporting Marvel Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big dumb-dumb. I should stop reading all of the X-Men books. This, um, this Spider-Man book, um, Spider-Man Life Story, was meant to do a decade each issue. Mm-hmm. So we had Spider-Man issue one, uh, Life Story issue one, uh, the 60s last month. Um, it was Chip Zdarsky wrote it with art by Mark Bagley, um, Andrew Hennessy and Frank D'Amata on, uh, on uh, Art and Colors. And um, I assumed that with each new decade, we would get a new artist. So I was like really excited to see them find Mark Bagley. De- decade-adjacent artists that would fit each, each run. Um, and no, it's, uh, it's, it's Mark Bagley doing the entire thing. So Great. I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I can deal with this. But then this issue is like cl- the clone stuff. <laughs> Everyone's all, favorite Spider-Man era. All the clone, the clone stuff, in, including clone a clone shit. made. Who is the, who's who's the clone maker? What's his name? I have no idea. But he he's revealed to have made clones of Gwen and Peter, and he made the, the Gwen because he loved her. But then once once the clones are destroyed, he's like, "No wait, you're the clone." You just destroyed the original Gwen Stacy. Uh, it was just like, I don't want this. <laughs> from it sucks. Clone stuff sucks. Clone stuff sucks. It does. Um, no one enjoys it. And like, Do they? There's some clever ideas in it, I guess. I love the, the whole concept behind this, but uh, it, it, it went to a place that I never wanted it to go yeah. straight away. Yeah. Which is a bummer. There's a hilarious scene with um, um, uh, Mary Jane uh, criticizing Peter for being so straight and not taking drugs with her in a, at Studio 54. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. <laughs> Look, I support that. <laughs> um, speaking of Spider-Man, though. Um, so I read Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man issue six, written by our boy Tom Taylor, with art by Juan Cabal, colors by Nolan Wooded. Um, and this is like a very one-off standalone issue. That's um, it's the kind of thing that like can be overly saccharine and the sort of thing that makes me roll my eyes. But Tom Taylor has quite a deft touch mm-hmm. to these things, and so it does end up being quite sweet. So this introduces a character called Spider Bite, which is a character that I think he wrote with his um, son. Okay, that's really sweet then. Um, so it's like an eight-year-old little Spider-Man, and the whole issue is like them going up against like a really classic version of Doc Ock and the Vulture, and like the whole Sinister Six show up and they have to save the day. And then it's revealed at the end of the issue that this was like, um, 
a thing that Spider-Man... I'm too too pregnant. I'm going to cry. It's not even that bad. (laughs) But um, he's a kid who has cancer and Spider-Man goes to the hospital for the day to make his dream of being Spider-Man come true. It's really like... it's. It could be so poorly handled and so bad, but... Um, I thought we got a, a, a really bad uh, Superman take on that last yeah, year. Yeah, yes, yep. yes, exactly. Um, Tom Taylor just just really does a great job. And like just as a little standalone book that really encapsulates some of the things that are amazing about superhero comics and about Spider-Man specifically, I think he just did a really, really great job. And it's a really nice issue. And Wonkabal is an amazing artist. Wonkabal, he's, he's so good. Man of mystery. I love him. Very good stuff. Extremely good stuff. Um, Runaways. Uh, you need tissue? You're good. No, fine. <laughs> you need sleeve. Uh, Runaways issue number 20. I am just very much on board with Andre Genolette. Yeah! As an he's artist. killing it. Yeah. Um, uh, good job, he, man. Andre took over from Chris Anker. And um, while he doesn't have as deft a touch uh, when it comes to fashion, yeah. sometimes the characters wear some like kind of daggy looking 90s-ish clothes. Chases um, in far fewer crop tops, which is a real shame. <laughs> um, I think like the art is is of of, of great great caliber. Yeah, excellent. Um, you know, very able to hand, and and the story is just as good as it's ever Absolutely. been. Absolutely, like it's managed to really keep the tone, and I think probably a lot of that has to do with the colors. I assume the color team is the same. Um, it's Triona Farrell. No, Triona it was oh. it was Wilson before. Oh I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, like the the tone of the book is still really consistent, and. Um, you would hardly even notice, I think. Yeah, honestly. absolutely. It's it's really it's and it's still everything that we loved about the original Runaways. Yeah, because we got two issues that were by another artist who I usually really like, but it was, he's such a different artist to Chris yeah. Anker that I was like, oh, no, what's it, what's I don't going like on? This. But this is a much better fit. Um, and I think Chris Anker is going to start doing DC stuff now. Yeah, we we, 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 we we swapped him for um, uh, Patrick Gleason. Patrick Gleason's on Marvel now. He's, he's doing. He's, an, he's a new Spider-Man that. artist. Yeah. Um. I'm. I, I don't. I've never. I've I never, want Spencer off Spidey. Yeah, I want Spencer off Spidey. Um. I've never really seen Gleason as like a Spidey artist. I always think his stuff's so like blocky and it's not quite as um loose as you'd want like a Spider-Man sure. book to be. But I'm I, like. And Juan I mean, I'll, not I'll loose, read though. whatever he does. You know. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um. But yeah. Runaway is still excellent. Still like the like sometimes sad teen drama book with without any superheroes fighting in it that it, that that it's always been i love it yeah it's, so, it's good. so good it's and it's such a great like example of being able to do a ya book in a mainstream superhero context without having to like label it as like this is ya totally you know we're 20 issues in how great that i got 20 issues amazing like amazing I, I hope it i hope it just continues. i hope this falls in the like squirrel girl moon girl where they're like oh we know this is a niche thing let's just keep it going for a I mean, I think that it's popular enough that they don't even need to, like, come up with a reason. Like, yep. we underestimate how big these books are at libraries and yep. things like that. Like, they really do keep a lot of comic series going. So, it's cool. Um, finally, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil with art by Mark Chich- Mark Chich- Marcus Cicchetto. I've fallen off this, but not because I don't like Marco it. Just, I'm Sunny go very tired. Oh, Sunny Go. Cool. Um Man, this is a good, good Daredevil book. I'm yeah. sorry for all the things I said when I read issue one, and I was like, it's just more of the same. It was a <laughs> that's it was what a, I want. It was a familiar start, and now he's changing it up. We get, a, a, I mean, actually, this is definitely more of the same. Would you believe in this issue of Daredevil? He has an argument with the Punisher about whether what? or not it's okay to kill people. It's never is happened it? in a Daredevil book before. <laughs> is it okay to kill people, or is it just fine to maim them horribly? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but the issue ends with um, after uh, knocking out Frank. 
Um, and he's because Frank like takes a very wounded Daredevil back to his like weird underground, you know, man cave. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Daredevil, a couple da- of Bruce shirtless Daredevil, video games. shirtless Daredevil escapes and puts on a Punisher t-shirt. So Amazing! He, it's like yeah, the end is him. Cool Daredevil cosplaying as Punisher. Yeah, really good. Pun Devil. Danisha. Danisha. Okay, that's much better. Um, do you need to do a wee before we do image? <laughs> Look, yes. <laughs> but okay, yes. Let's do it. Right. Oh, that was great. Great. Um, let's talk about image books, <laughs> which I hope can be almost as great. Um, what have we got here? Big pile of image books uh, that I've read most of. Oh, wow. Um, so I read Little, Mo- Little Bird. Okay. Um, you read issue one last uh, episode. Little Bird is a book by Darcy Van Polgeest and Ian Bertram mm-hmm. and Matt Hollingsworth. Um, and it, the first book, the first issue is insane. Yeah. Uh, Bertram's art, first and foremost, is like the main So nice. Point. So um, nice. But it's about like a, a, an escape um, and a cult religion thing. Yep. And, but like it, it's, it's very crazy all over the place narrative wise. And in the second book, second issue, I found a lot more um, info dump. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you read second issue? No. Um, I'm so behind on everything. So now after loving, after being like, wow, that's one of the best first issues I've ever read. I'm like, I don't know if I can continue this series. <laughs> but um, Bertrand's art is phenomenal. It's so nice. It's so like dark horsey and intricate and just lovely. Just I'm lovely defi- to look you know, at. I'm going to wait for trade on it because there's so yeah. much lore and weird shit to remember issue to issue. Like even just trying to, I was like, okay, what happened? Who could say? An escape, apparently. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, Headlopper and mm. the Knights of Venora, issue number 11 um, of the third volume. So issue mm-hmm. three of volume three. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is written and drawn by um, Andrew McLean with um, colors by Geordie Belair. And uh, this, is the f- so this, this is the first issue of this volume that I really loved. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is a yeah. Big, a big I think it's the best issue of the, of the volume. Yeah. It's uh, all about a, a war between a war against goblins. Mm hmm. And um, there's they don't you don't really know who to trust, um, but uh, this is this is another one that's becoming a maybe I need to wait for trade on this because I don't keep these at home anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After like because this comes out quarterly, but it's so enjoyable. Like even even when I don't You're remember right. what's happened in the last issue of Headlopper, I'm still like, oh yeah, Headlopper, this is the best. He's gonna cut someone's head off again. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. It's so great. Yeah, uh, but you know what has just been. Absolutely, an enormously good. Um, yeah. In recent uh, issues, is Ice Cream Man. Yes. Oh my God. So we just had issues uh, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve over mm-hmm. the last three months, mm-hmm. um, and they are a volume in itself. Um, and each of these issues was almost set in like a different universe. Mm-hmm. The absolute highlight is one is issue number eleven. Of course, this is a, the book by W. Maxwell Prince, with art by Martin Marazzo, colors by Chris O'Halloran. Um, and uh, so Ice Cream Man is like a, is a horror anthology series, but the yeah. one thing connecting all of the, the stories in each issue is the presence of this evil ice cream man. And then gradually throughout the series, we meet a cowboy mm-hmm. who is trying to take down the ice cream man. So the cowboy represents good, the ice cream man represents bad. We've had issues that straight up tell the backstories of these two characters where you meet their father figure. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn why, why they hate each other. Um, and uh, we then have been given these crazy, um, very like even higher concept than usual ice cream man issues. Um, we got one that was 
almost all in Mex- in uh, in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got this brilliant one, issue number um, 11, which was our reality TV show. Um, oh, basically, I this one. basically, we have follow a character called Will Parson, who uh, be- keeps finding himself like trying to escape from different reality TV shows that are just completely insane. Like one of them is like him. He's he, one of them is called Mannequin House, and it's him trying to vow for the affection of a bunch of mannequins. <laughs> I would watch that. Um, we, there's, there's family autopsy, um, oh and and God. it's and so while he's in all these shows. Um, he's being watched by his family, who are like, "Where's Where's Will gone? Where's Oh uh, yeah, and uh, yeah." And then, and then there's one called "America's Got Intestines," <laughs> and in which he finds himself just like all his guts falling out of his stomach, and oh my god, um, yeah, wealthy family of zombies. Uh, so it's like the most like comedic of all the Ice Cream Man man issues so far, but still very incredibly uh, dark, hilarious. Wow. Um, yeah, the the final final um, final page is called Missing Parsons. Great, very good. Did you read um, issue twelve? Yes. So this is the the most recent issue, um, which was insane. Yeah, man, it's a really good issue. It's uh, just a straight up sci fi, self like self contained sci fi, like re- and and really straight sci fi. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. In which, uh, oh, really spooky too. Yeah, in which spooky a bunch of sci-fi. bunch of Loved aliens it. land on a on, on a on a spooky planet and find a spooky alien who is yep. who is the, the ice cream man basically, yeah. who is like this awful spider creature. Yeah. Um, and Martin Morazzo's art is so exceptional. Yep. Like it's just so detailed and so expressive, and um, the pages are so beautifully laid out and paced, and I just love it. Yeah, so I guess they've we've, we've it's this it's weird battle between good and evil. That's what this book is about. Yeah, and and but every issue is like a fun surprise, and you never really know when these characters that you actually recognize are going to show up. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's such so, an incredibly so good, good series, Ice Cream Man. Um, I hope it's one of those ones that I hope they release in like a bunch of really really beautiful hardcovers. Yeah, yeah, I hope so it's too. A special book. It deserves special treatment. Um, the finale of Die Die Die, or this oh. volume of Die Die Die, happened, okay. issue number eight. Um, that wrapped up um, a lot of the story, and we're now taking a uh, a break um, I've fallen for a off while. It. Man, the issue eight was awesome. Yeah, it I was so good. This is uh, written by um, fall back on Robert Kirkman, Scott M. Gimple, with art by Chris Burnham and Nathan Fairbairn. Uh, a very, very over the top action movie kind of book, um, and this had so many insane like reveals of you know people who died people who we thought were dead that weren't actually dead um and all these weird setup for for future issues so i'm looking forward for the, this madness returning at some point later this year it's so fun it's the most fun i've ever had reading a robert kirkman book yeah it's definitely the finest robert kirkman book and the the trade is out very soon speaking of robert kirkman still reading walking dead <laughs> and that is more. that's my review of issue number 191 no, something it crazy continues. happens so i'm just going to show you what happens at the end of uh 191 I'm not going to tell you. Don't, so, kicked him in the dick? No. No. I don't, yeah, that's right. Yep. Someone gets kicked in the dick <laughs> in Walking Walking Dead. It's a shocker. But <laughs> something pretty big happens at the end of 191, and uh, the fact that there wasn't much of a reaction to it that I saw um, indicates how few people are still reading Walking Dead or who oh, care I, about yeah, it. I don't know, but yeah, maybe they just kind of take it for granted now. But it is it is strange. Yeah. It's still a pretty good comic book. Hmm. Um, it's infinitely better than the TV show. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, but uh, yeah. I mean, comics are better than TV. That's true. Everyone knows that. How about Assassination? Issue number two. I love this book. Kyle Starks writes this book with uh, Erica Henderson on art duties. Fuck, I love love Erica Henderson. I love Erica Henderson. She's such a brilliant artist. 
Um, and this is a book uh, all about all of the world, America's top assassins uh, being brought together in, in the same place um, to uh, protect one man. Um, and almost all of them die in the first issue. <laughs> and we have a much smaller team in the second issue. And uh, they keep getting whittled down throughout the issue. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, they, they decide that the, the only way to save someone from being assassinated is to plan an assassination. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very funny. The art is excellent. It's a great book. It's really good. It's really silly. It's really funny. Erica Henderson is the best. Yep. The character designs are super fun. I just love it. I yeah. just love it so much. It's like all bangers from here on to the end of the episode, yeah. Siobhan. Um, Snot Girl. We've got an <gasps> excellent issue of oh, Snot Girl. man. <clears throat> called The Pop-Up, in which Snot Girl, Lottie, a.k.a. Snot Girl, in this book written by Brian Lee O'Malley with art by Leslie Hung, um, Rachel Cohen on colors, um, has a, a, a pop-up store. Yeah, where she sells like t-shirts and pictures of herself. And um, I would buy that. Yeah, definitely. Um, she's great. Um, and it, there's, it's just such a crazy book with like, you know, weird relationship stuff, mm-hmm. but also like weird, like supernatural the, that really stuff. Un- unsettling undertone and the stuff that's developing with these characters who appear to have been around for a really long time and have not aged and seem to be controlling things or at least messing with everyone's lives behind the scenes. Yep, it's just. I just love it. It's like this beautiful cotton candy colored dream that occasionally dips into being incredibly uneasy mm. feeling. And um, I just love it. I think it's so clever. And this issue mainly revolves around a dog taking a shit on the floor at her <laughs> pop-up store and how they deal with that. It's great. It's so good, man. It's so good. So good. One of the so best. Good. I love Leslie. Um, are you loving Criminal by yes. Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips? Yes, I am. Um, issue three, two, and three were. So this is like the new ongoing Criminal series by the two, two of the best, the best pairing in comics mm-hmm. that I are mean, alive right now. Yeah, I don't know about that, but it's, it's good. Okay, maybe you, you want to give it to uh, Leslie Hung and Brian Lee O'Malley. Yes. Okay. I don't know. One of the best. Um, along with uh, Jacob Phillips on colors, uh, we have like an ongoing series of. Uh, it's almost like. Like, we get a bunch of short stories. One yeah. might be one issue long, one might be two issues, small issues, more. Issue two and three was all about um, uh, a Comic-Con um, and a, a young artist having to escort a kind of disgruntled um, comic book artist who's much older than him mm-hmm. uh, to to receive an award at this Comic-Con. And uh, he gets convinced to commit some crimes with him. Yay. Um, and that was so well received that they're actually turning that into a hardcover edition with extra with some bonus, bonus, bonus stuff. Content. So absolutely going to get that, even yeah. though I've read, I'm sure, all but three pages of it. I mean, the cover is so, like, it's beautiful. And it's the same format as um, My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies, which Image published last year and was beautiful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an absolute must purchase. But uh, issue four, um, we learn more from uh, the family of the Lawlesses, um, mm-hmm. who are kind of like the main family that we've that we've seen throughout all the different um years of the through the criminal series um teague lawless i guess has been in the most um the most issues um but in uh, 1993 we follow his son ricky lawless um through a uh, particularly bad day in which he does too much speed mm-hmm. and has to deal with a bunch of dead bodies we've all been there <laughs> um this is another one of like those like this is the opposite of um uh of Snot Girl, in that this is a book about really uneasy, unsettling <laughs> stuff that's occasionally beautiful. Yes. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, it's an absolute must read. It's the best. It's, it's like 
if you're reading any other crime comics and you're not reading this, then you're a very silly person. Yeah. Because it's, it's the best crime comics. The back matter is always A+, plus, so it's worth getting in the single. Every issue stands alone, even if it's part of a larger story. So yep. you can just pick up any issue that you find and it's going to be amazing. Like, this was a great issue. Yeah, so if you um, want a taste of what this series is like, uh, go buy Bad Weekend. Yeah. Which is the uh, the collected issue two and three coming out soon through Image in Hardcover. Good shit. Yep. Um, hey, speaking of good shit, mm. what the fuck is going on in Gideon Falls right oh now? Oh my God. I love it so much because I thought that this was going to be one of Lumiere's sort of shorter, more self-contained, like maybe a 12-issue series. And what this issue sort of opened up is so much more expansive and so far beyond where I thought this was going to go. You know it's what he so opened up? so clever. The motherfucking lid. He opened, <laughs> <laughs> he opened that barn door. This is now like a multiverse time yeah. travel story. So, so good, good man. He's Written so by good. Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino doing the best art that I've ever seen him do. Yep. <clears throat> and Great Colors by Dave Stewart. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, I love it when a, a book that you associate as one genre is suddenly like three different ones. Yeah, it actually kind of weirdly reminds me of the next book that we're going to talk about, Paper Girls, in that the first arc you were like, oh, I think I know what this is. Yes. And then by the third arc you're like, what is this? Uh, Paper Girls has been phenomenal oh my in these good recent issues as, as it heads towards. I think the final issue is issue 30. Yeah. So um, I read uh, issues 26, 27, 28 in the last month. And Ugh. God. It's so good, man. It's so good. Like now that everything's like really being tied up, everything's coming together, all these threads that you were like, what has this got to do with anything? It's all starting to pay off in like the most satisfying way. And it's it's the last couple of issues have been so good. Yeah. Um, so this is written by Brian K. Vaughan with Cliff Chang and Matt Wilson on art duties. Um, and yeah, it is like this insane time travel story about yeah. four girls um, and the visiting different timelines. They're all split up at the moment. Mm-hmm. And this issue 28 has that great device where you, where the, the page is divided into four sections and each panel um, strip tells like from a point of view of a different girl who's in mm-hmm. a different place at a different time. And they all work towards meeting each other at the end. So good. It's the best. Excellent art. Excellent writing. Um, and I and think I'm so excited for people who get to like read this as in a whole. One hit. Yeah, definitely. Ugh. So good, man. So good. Um, the Wicked and the Divine. Uh, another. A lot of. It's really crazy. A lot of um, books that I. In fact, all of these next books. Oh, they all finishing um, up. They're all books that like I kind of associate with me starting to get into comic book mm. collecting in a big way are all wrapping up now and it feels like I'm like yes it's ending <laughs> I can stop buying it all the time um, so The Wicked and the Divine by uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey with Matt Wilson and Clayton Cowles uh, is an image series that's all about gods being reborn as pop stars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's been insanely fun um, in, the, in over the last few issues just crazy action crazy like betrayals and twists and turns I can't really talk to you about anything that happened because no. I'll spoil all of the insanity. I wouldn't understand it anyway. But I think what's co- another thing that's common with all these books is that I think they're all going to have very, very satisfying endings. Mm. Uh, same as East of West, the um, Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragoda with Frank Martin book that's all about uh, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse uh, and uh, the world's been divvied up into sections and everyone's in a war now. Um, and so the war is coming to a head and what better way to uh, advance... Advance the, the current day story, then delving back into the past and seeing how we got into this mess in the first place. And that's cool. exactly what we get in issue 42. And Such dreamy colours. Yeah, it was excellent. Really, really great. Um, and uh, Black Science by Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera. 
um, that's on its final um, arc as well. Mm. I think it's ending in issue 42. And uh, not quite on the same level as satisfying as uh, the last few books have been. Um, but this has been like an insane science fiction come fantasy, come superhero, come, you know, like human miserably, misery, because it remained mm. a book after all, uh, comic book series that uh, has just done so much in, in its time with us. And um, I wonder what Amanda's going to do next. We still got, got Deadly Class is still going, so I can yeah. talk about Deadly Class right now. Deadly Class issue number thirty-eight saw Marcus return to the high school. Ooh. Did you read this one? No, again, it's like one that I've just fallen, fallen off, off of. Rick Remender with amazing art by Wes Craig um, and uh, Jordan Boyd on colors in this uh, great, great, great series um, that I always think like surely this has done all it can do, and now I'm like, yeah, it's it, with this this issue, I feel like they've breathed. We, we could get like another 60 issues mm. just off this premise of this issue alone. Cool. All these new students, all the entire new status quo where Marcus is now kind of like a hero at this school. Mm. Um, and uh, I've got no idea where it's going to go next. It's so cool. Has any, have you watched the TV show? No, I haven't. Mm, I don't think it's available in Australia. People have said it's pretty good. I've heard, I've heard good things. Um, but it's a, it's a concept that's so... It could go on forever, you know? Like, it's yeah, so totally. easily it's applicable to, like, a whole bunch of different stuff. Yeah, totally. It's X-Men, you know? Yeah, definitely. Which, as we know, is good forever. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that your X-Men reviews were absent from this episode. Yeah. You just, should we just leave it at we're excited about Jonathan I was waiting, uh, Yeah, over? I'm so excited for Jonathan <laughs> Oh, man, it's going to be great. Can't wait. Um, so, on to other publishers now. Um, okay, okay. The Terminator Sector War by Brian Wood and Jeff Stokely. This was uh, the book um, set in 1984 in New York City. Um, and I've never read a Terminator comic before, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've only just watched the Terminator movies. I feel like you've seen the last few few episodes. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah, as in like you watched them this morning again. No, <laughs> just as in I've only recently seen them. Well, how many? I just you kind of talking about the first what, two. Yeah, the first two. You're not going to watch Salvation. Nah. No, probably don't. I hate what's his name. Is he the Australian guy in it? Jai Courtney. Oh no, I thought it was someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, if you're someone that loves those first two movies and then is like, oh my God, all other Terminator movies in media suck, this was one that absolutely didn't. Great. Um, really, really fun, beautifully drawn, um, satisfying Terminator yeah. book. Cool. <clears throat> Very cool shit. Um, Fearscape also had its final issue, um, issue number five of this book um, by Ryan O'Sullivan with Andrea Muti and Vladimir Popov. And I wasn't entirely happy with the way this book that was about, like, uh, a writer um, using a like basically stealing the work of an older writer mm-hmm. and then landing himself in in trouble in a weird fantasy world where you need to he needs to write heroes that can kill the worst fears in the world or write fears that kill heroes. One okay, of those. Yeah. Um, the ending is was a bit heavy handed in terms of like linking it back to something in, in the real world that fucked fucked up this this you know bad character okay but I, I, it doesn't really suggest that you need to excuse his behavior because of what happened before it all but i don't i don't know i just i guess it wasn't what I, how i expected the book to end so mm. i didn't necessarily dislike it it just was like oh, okay that's how this ends right, right, right there you go there you go barbarella and deja thoris um, i'm so glad you're reading this written by leah williams with german garcia on art uh through dynamite uh, this is on its third of four issues um, and uh, it's really, really great. And I just want Leah Williams to be given a massive, like I just pile wanna, of money. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like I would love her on. I, I, I hate that she's got that X Men book. That yeah, 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 just, yeah. It, it's 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 still not her able to do things on her own terms because she has to tie into all, all the other X Men stuff. But she's still able to like use her own voice and say what she wants to say within the confines of that. Mm. 
which even though I am not, I don't love that series specifically, I'm still into what she's doing. Um, and I think that, you know, like she's got a couple of like little tie-in books coming up. She's doing one of the War of the Realms. Yeah, so that one looks really of, good, yeah. A couple of things like that. And I think that as she just builds up that sort of back catalogue of like little one-off tie-in Marvel stuff mm-hmm. and proves herself, hopefully they will give her something bigger because I think she's great. Yeah, I mean, Barbarella and Deja Thor certainly aren't the household names that X-Men are. But um, she has such a great, well-defined voice for both of them. Yeah. And uh, the adventure story, while this is like probably the slowest issue of the series so far, it's still really fun. Yeah. And it's like smart and silly and beautifully illustrated. And uh, I just love it. I think it's so good. Thank you to the listener whose name I've forgotten who um, recommended that I pick that up. Thank you, listener. If that is your real name. Um, we'll, we'll end on some Black Hammer stuff. Yeah. Um, I tried to read um, that? The Life and Death of Toyo Harada. Oh, uh, I lo- okay. I love Valiant really Comics. I've really fallen off everything Valiant, and I feel sad about uh, it's, it. It's a, it's a gap in my comic book knowledge that I wish yeah. I wish wish wasn't there. Every time I try and fill it, it's like I'm like I'm either really really on board with it, like you know the Bloodshot stuff that yep. we did, or the um, um, what was that one about the 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 kid, yeah, 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 the savage, savage. That was awesome. Oh, I don't know what you're. <clears> oh, you talking about the thing about the cosmic one? That was sick too. No, I'm thinking about the one that was uh, the Raul. Uh, the, the what's what? his name? You know, the one that was like the one super trendy and used interesting panel layouts. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With you the all kids, know what I'm uh, talking about like the yeah. X Men book, pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Yeah, <laughs> um, the si- about the science. Yeah. But so Toyo Harada is kind of at the hel- at the at the heart of all of the Harbinger like Syatt stuff. In uh, he's essentially like a cross between Professor X and Magneto, because mm-hmm. um, he uses like psychic powers, but he he's also has like ties to World War Two, and he's a bad guy that thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is written by Joshua Dizart, um, who is someone that uh, I've recently become a big fan of, mm-hmm. um, with art by Cafu and Butch Geis. Um, and I was hoping I would uh, this, I would just love this, but um, I I think it's one of those things where if I knew more about the Valiant world, I would enjoy it more. But unfortunately, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. so I didn't. Fair enough. But it looks great, and uh, there's some interesting concepts in there. Just wasn't necessarily for me at this point in my mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I read issue um, two, one and two of She Could Fly, um, the Lost Pilot. Um, it's ri- good. Written by Christopher Cantwell with Martin Marazzo and Miroslav Merva. Um, of course, we loved the first series mm-hmm. of this. Um, and this follow-up is uh, even more fucked up than the yeah. first one. And there's so many more moving parts. Yeah. But- I'm finding it harder to follow yeah. than the first one just because there are so many more narrative threads going on. Um, but I have enough faith in this creative team that it's going to come together really satisfyingly. Yeah. And it's still like horrifically gorgeous to look at. Definitely, especially during the gory parts. I don't know how Martin Marazzo is managing to keep up this schedule yeah. at the moment, but he's a, he's a, he's a talented man. Um, but I love that, yeah, we're, we're going to get a, uh, a little love story for, yeah. our, for our main character, which is sweet. Um, In a sort of funny kind of way. Of course, it wouldn't, couldn't be any other way. But uh, yeah, I'm into this. It's yeah. a great series. It's great it's to have great. it back. It's really great. Of course it's going to be great. Of course. Uh, the Savage Shores, um, the vault book that you should absolutely be reading. Yeah, hopefully, the, hopefully the trade comes out soon so you can catch up. But uh, this is the uh, vampire book set in uh, on the shores of India um, at some point in the seventeenth, so the eighteenth century, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like yeah, it's, a, it's like a monster book, but in a in a in a land that we don't really get that many Western comics from. 
um, and uh, it's awesome. Uh, it's really, really well written. Great character work, great dialogue, excellent monster designs. It's written by um, Ram V with mm-hmm. um, art by Sumit Kumar and colors by Vittorio Estone. Um, it's really, really unique and cool. Like, it's great reading a, 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 a proper spooky horror comic that isn't, you know, funny horror or like yeah. cutesy horror. This is just like just all <laughs> just out horror. like artistic artistic horror cool um and uh it's it's really unique and cool because normally it's just like a bunch of white people in those in those movies and this one uh it's it's totally like feels like something very very different to me that i'm I'm enjoying um and we're gonna end on i also i read the last issue of the lodger which i won't talk about yeah i think so yeah shit okay cool i might pick up three or four i I kind of fell off that of all things considering how much i love the laughams it's really good yeah great awesome i'm glad you liked it ended up in a very very satisfying way Super enjoyable. Really loved it. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. Terrifying, scary horror comic. Uh, not horror comic. Horror, crime. Crime, crime, crime comic. Yeah. He's, I mean, yeah. W- was it enticing enough to you to maybe consider starting my favorite series? Um, with the name of which? Uh, blah, blah, something Bullets. Stray Bullets. Stray Bullets. Oh yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> I don't... I'm not opposed to Stray Bullets. It's just a... It's, it's a big... It's a heavy tome. It is. And I struggle to even read... Like light, a light comics. tome. <laughs> uh, so we're going to end on Black Hammer. Yes, please. Um, Jeff Lemire's uh, Black Hammer Age of Doom. We've got issue 10 of that with uh, Dean Monson, Dave Stewart, and Todd Klein. Um, of course, this sees our the heroes of Black Hammer on a new planet in which none of them remember their, their past or, mm-hmm. or their, you know who they are. Mm-hmm. And so we have the team kind of once, uh, once one of them works out who they are, trying to wake up the others. And we've seen this kind of book before. It's kind of like what Black Hammer kind of is all the time. It's like it's th- things that you've seen in superhero comics at some point in your life, but done in a, in a new and uh, fresh way. Absolutely. And uh, it's just clever and smart, and using the using the genre to its potential. You know what I mean? Like it's not just the battles. It's like crazy high concept weird shit going on all the time and it's never what you expect and it's clever and it's smart and it's emotionally hefty and I just think it's it's so good and yeah. Dean Ormston's so good and, and Jeff Lemire's so smart and a very it. excellent final page reveal of someone a character that we've not yeah. seen in Black Hammer yet um, like you know we've not in, in present day and uh, who knows if it's a if it's a fake out or whatever but um, very very exciting to see him show absolutely up. and Black Hammer has some of the best final page reveals definitely great twists worthwhile getting in single issue just for that experience did you stay up to date with black hammer 45 um you know i am still reading it but i it's 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 easily my least favorite of the black hammer times i have to say so this is the one co-written by jeff lemire and ray forks with art by matt kint and charlene kint um and it's set in uh, 1945 it's a world war ii book um in which a group of uh soldiers who name themselves black hammer yeah um like they are the black hammers mm-hmm. They go um, do some. They're, they're, they're like some the kind legal of, crimes. They are the um the like crimes. yeah like the, the, just the regular soldiers that have to fight super powered threats in in a world where mm-hmm. superheroes are starting to emerge. Um, it's good. I, I thought this is a, a, the probably the, the the best issue of of the run so far. But there's only one more, so um, not much slogging for you ne- that you need to do now. But it is it is like more of a slog than the other, which the others are just a, a joy to read. Yeah. yeah. I, I reckon that hopefully this is like let me okay it should only be me that writes these I don't yeah. know yes 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 I still really um, like it I love Kin's art yeah I just don't know how suited it is to like the genre but um whatever what okay. do I know I just think if you if you <laughs> I honestly think if you read any superhero book it should be Black Hammer 
<laughs> like above right, any sure, other course, any yeah. other superhero book out there. Like I think it's it does what superhero comics can it shows you what they can do. You yeah, know what definitely. I mean? Rather yeah. than just repeating the same stories over and over again. Yeah, hitting that reset button. Yeah. Although that's kind of what they did. But I don't care. It's, it's yeah. the best. <laughs> it's the best one. So that's it for this episode. Uh, Siobhan, have you got anything you're looking forward to be reading next? Oh, man. I don't know what's coming out. Um, definitely those new DC books. They sound really cool. Jonathan Hickman's X-Men. I'm like, I'm so thrilled about Oh my god! I'm I just, so excited! I can't wait. I just started JoJo's Bizarre Adventure yesterday. Okay, I've tried to read that. That's a tough read. Did you start from the beginning? Yeah, the beginning's so fun and weird and cool. It's, so it's weird. Like set in London and Jack the Ripper's in it. Yeah, um, maybe I need to give it a better go. I'm still re. I'm still um, it's making like 80s, my way through. Like weird, glamorous, very gay eighties yeah. manga <laughs> rules. It's really bizarre. It is <laughs> properly bizarre. Um, I'm still reading Twentieth Century Boys, so I'm trying to make, make a last. Go to get through that. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to try and get through that this year too. Yeah, nice. I'll so, give you my copies after I'm done. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Um, cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. We'll, we'll see you again next month. And if you want to come and talk to us, the best place to do that is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast, our Facebook group, which you are welcome to join to talk with us and many other comic book loving fans mm-hmm. uh, 24 hours a day. Um, and if you want to support the show in any way, uh, this is just us doing it month to month out of the goodness of our hearts and also the necessity to talk about everything we read Yes, because no one else will listen to us. No one wants to talk to me. Uh, but if you do want to support the show, um, if you want to kick a buck or two um, to us, you, we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. And we appreciate and love everyone who supports us. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks, guys. And uh, Siobhan, any, any final thoughts? Um, can't wait to get this baby out of my belly. Um, oh, and thanks. To, <laughs> shout outs to Gary who came and said hi at Free Comic Book Day. That was really lovely. And so, nice to chat to you. I can't wait to get this baby out of my tummy and shout outs to Gary. <laughs> That's it. Doesn't get better than that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.